Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast by Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. Sharing our stories with one another can be a powerful way for us to offer support and inspiration. We sometimes forget that simply voicing an experience we've had in our own lives holds the possibility to dramatically change or affect another person's life. Today, Kelly Collis from The Tommy Show is joining us to talk candidly about her divorce experience. In this conversation, Kelly shares about dating as a divorced mom, financial challenges she faced, nesting and co-parenting with her ex, and so much more. Kelly is a breath of fresh air as she talks about the topic of divorce in a passionate and honest way. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back with Kelly Collis. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Kelly Collis is a native Washingtonian and has been working in the D.C. area for over 20 years. In 2011, after a tumultuous divorce, she decided to take a turn in her career after working over a decade in public relations and marketing, when one of her best friends, Tommy McFly, told her about an opportunity to host a morning radio show. She has been the morning co-host of The Tommy Show on 94.7 Fresh FM for eight years. Prior to her radio job, she founded City Shop Girl a subscription email publication delivering updates on lifestyle in the D.C. area and was nominated for one of the best blogs by the Washingtonian Magazine in 2010. Washington Life named her one of the top 200 influencers under 40 in D.C. for three years in a row and was on the cover of Washington Family Magazine and most recently named one of the Women of Style by D.C. Modern Luxury Magazine. Today, Kelly is a broadcaster and co-creator in the only live morning show via an app. Launched in February 2019, the Tommy Show app is available at the Apple and Google Play stores, and segments from the show are also available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Kelly graduated with a BA in economics from Trinity College in Hartford, Connecticut, and began her career to work on Capitol Hill for several members of Congress. Recently remarried, she loves spending time with her husband and children, her two dogs, shopping, yoga, following Washington sports teams, especially the Washington Nationals, and drinking wine at sporting events or (laughs) any other time. And we are grateful to have Kelly as a part of our worthy community. Kelly recently hosted in October the Worthy Women Thrive event, and we were so honored to have her there with us. So thank you for being here with me today. I am so happy to welcome you to the podcast. And thank you. I'm so uh, excited to be here and talk about a topic that is, it's almost weird to say, but I'm pretty passionate about it because I think talking about it and sharing uh, your experiences around divorce and its many issues and legs that it has can help 
people. And it certainly helped me when I was going through it and to be able to sort of come out at the end of it and, and, and share my experiences. And I think Worthy does an awesome job of making that happen and building that community. So thank you. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And I thought, you know, today, just like you said, you know, being able to inspire others and having gone through it and, and really just being passionate about a subject that you would never guess you would be. I just thought we'd have this candid conversation about really what it's like to navigate through the very real challenges and situations that come along with divorce. And so maybe we could just start with you just sort of letting us into your life and sharing your story and go from there. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, of a way to start with it. I was just thinking and reflecting the other day um, as I approached the nine-year anniversary of when my husband and I split up and, and almost eight years since our divorce was finalized. And, uh, you know, so much has changed, especially with with my children now being teenagers and being remarried. I was trying to figure out if if the time that I've spent away from my husband is equivalent to the time that I was with him. Mm. And is that a time for reflection? And, and well, I'm not quite there yet, but it, it, it's almost nearly that. So when my husband and I first split up, I had two little kids. I mean, they were um, three and five. Mm. And I just, I don't know what I thought. I just thought we had been having some issues for a while. And I thought, you know, I always had been taking care of the kids and, and sort of the traditional motherly role. And I would get custody of the kids. He would see them maybe for dinner on a Wednesday because I saw it in a Hallmark movie that that's how divorce is supposed to go. Right. And and we would divide up our finances evenly. Someone would get the house, someone would get the car, and we'd be on our way. That was uh, not the case at all. And it quickly... Um, spiraled out of control into a very expensive uh, divorce and something I never imagined I would be spending my life savings uh, on doing. Mm. And I think that was sort of the shocking thing financially. And then, of course, the other thing was this whole notion of, of joint custody and getting comfortable with that idea right. um, when it started looking like it, it was going to get nasty and it did get nasty. I think if I were to look back on it, I there's so many things I would have done differently. And that's where I try to um, help other people. I just had a friend of mine call me the other day um, who's friends with, with, with my son. I know both of them and I've known them for many years. And they're, they're, she called me and is, is the beginning stages of divorce. And I found that I had so much to say because it, it was looking and smelling a lot like my divorce. And I wanted to kind of help steer her away from the, the rabbit hole of nastiness, if you will, right. that, that looked like it was going to bubble up. And, and um, I don't know which piece would be the most helpful to share, except that when the kids are little and when, when you're going through it, everyone says it. And it is so true. You truly have to think of the kids first. And it's really hard to do when someone's attacking you and uh, judging your character, as it was in my case with my ex, and questioning your, your mother motherly capabilities and how you care for the children. But at the end of the day, and I, this is a lot of therapy and yoga to get to this point, I want my ex to be healthy, right. have a job and be present for my kids. 
as much as I would love to have them full custody of them and have them every single holiday, that's an unrealistic um, expectation in, in, in the day and age that we live in. Day and age of like where my parents, my parents are together, but when my parents' generation were getting divorced, the mom always got custody. That doesn't happen anymore. Right. Um, unless there are extreme circumstances on, on, on either side. Um, so I guess kind of getting comfortable with that idea that like when you do enter this divorce, you are going to spend a Christmas or a birthday or whatever the tradition in your household is that you used to do, that's gone. You, you just have to kind of mourn it and kind of start over again with your traditions. Yeah. And let's talk about that a little bit because I think, you know, I've gone through it as well. And I think that is probably one of the most heart-wrenching moments when you really wrap your head around the idea that you don't get to have your kids all the time anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember saying, I didn't have my children to be a mom half time. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a really hard hurdle or challenge or whatever you want to call it for people going through this to accept. Yes, it is. And and, and it's and I will tell you, nine years of almost doing it, even though my t- kids are teenagers, and I'm not sure I want to be around them all the time. It's still, it, it still will sting when, you know, if there's something that comes up that I think would be really fun for the kids to do, and it's a weekend that I don't have the kids. And mm. I mean, the holidays have gotten a little bit easier because we've, we've developed new traditions around those, um, but it, it, it never will go away. Right. But I think the quicker you can find a way to get used to that, the better off First off, you're going to be as a parent, you're just going to be mentally more connected. You're, you're going to mentally be there. You're not going to be crying on your couch on Christmas Day or whatever it is that you don't have your kids. You're figuring out how you're um, taking care of yourself. So when you do have your kids the next week or the next holiday, that you're really present and, and, and there for that. And it's such an easy thing to say, but I really, um, you know, I, I just like beg parents, both moms and dads that are going through it the sooner you can get, just accept that. Um, and, and maybe that takes therapy. Maybe that takes your circle of friends. Maybe it takes your religion or your meditate, you meditating, whatever it is, just saying that to yourself over and over again, it's not going to be the same. It's never going to be the same. Yeah. Really finding that thing that's going to help you find that route to acceptance. I think it is different for everybody, but like you said too, then you're taking care of yourself in this way that, not only you can be there for your kids, but I think, you know, your kids benefit when they see that you're weathering this okay. Yes. You know, that you're not freaking out. It kind of gives them space to create their own journey with this process. Yeah, absolutely. And I, as a, as a moment of pause or reflection, I was just having this conversation with my, my uh, 13 year old daughter. She's the youngest and probably had the hardest time with the divorce when she was so little because she mm. just didn't understand, you know, the back and forth and, and pulling a three-year-old away from either parent is, is traumatic. And, yeah. and there were those moments where she was not happy about going off with her dad or she cried herself to sleep at my house because she missed her dad. I mean, it was mm. just a confusing time for her. And last night we were talking about it. I said, do you remember those first couple of years were really hard for you? And she said, you know, she says that she remembers them, and but she's doing great. You know, at a 13-year-old girl, as we know, um, you know, you have your own set of stuff and the things that you like to wear to school. And and now she's figured out a way to manipulate both houses that she can bring it back and forth. And she kind of has, you know, packs up her little bag and she's, she's doing great. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I, I use her as an example, especially as I talk to parents that have young kids. My kids are doing great. They're, right. they're, they're healthy. They're happy. They have loving homes and they're doing great. So whatever you're going through now, especially with yet little kids, they come out okay if you are doing okay. 
I completely agree. And, you know, I like to think of it as like, we all overcome challenges, right? Like, that's how we build our character and our personality. And not that I would wish it on anyone. But, you know, whatever your daughter, my son has learned from this challenge, you know, that's preparing them for whatever they've been created to be. These are lessons that are going to propel them and and help them in their adult life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, if this is the worst thing that they ever have to go through, then, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. Right. Um, but yeah, being, being organized and thinking ahead and planning ahead and, and, you know, also in this, that now that my son is 15 and so the 15 and 13 year old, they have cell phones and we have FaceTime and texting and a way to share photos and videos. Uh, they were just on spring break with their dad in another country. And mm. like, I was able to kind of experience with them, um, what they were going through, uh, as they were sending stuff from their trip over the phone. And it was just, we're lucky that, that we have that technology to stay connected and to stay close to each other too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it really is just finding a way to make the best of the situation at hand Yeah, and find a way that everyone can thrive. So you were co-parenting then, obviously, because you said yes. you had to adapt to, you know, the, the shared custody. How about, you know, just some wisdom around that, you know, because if the divorce is ugly as, as a lot of times it is, there's some conflict, it can be really hard for two parents to come together to parent their children. I wouldn't say I'm a role model at that um, because it, I mean, an ideal co-parenting world, you want like what Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow have. Right. right. <laughs> you want to go on vacation together, have each other over for the holidays. It isn't life wonderful. We're all getting along. Um, that is sort of the extreme. And, and I, I, I don't think I'm like in the worst case scenario, but it, it's not a great situation. So without getting into all those details, the, the, the ways that I have found in a situation that it's very uh, stressful, even to this day, is... We use a third-party service that manages the calendar and our shared expenses with the kids. Mm. And um, I also set up a separate email account um, that he is the only one that has that email address. Uh, and everything is to be sent through there. I first set it up because I would be at work and this email would come in and it would just set me off. Right. It would distract me from work or distract me from me, you know, if I was out with my friends or whatever. I needed a separate place that it wasn't going to populate. So he uh, wouldn't listen to me sending to the email, and I just stopped responding to his emails when he sent it to my other email. Uh, so I really kind of stuck to, like, this is the only way you can contact me unless there's an emergency, you can text me. Um, but I just, phone calls with him just were not productive. So those were the two ways that I was able to kind of manage it. And also having that second email account, if you're like, oh gosh, I can't remember. Did we agree on April 2nd? Did we agree he's picking them up or I'm picking them up because the kids have a half day of school? That's a really easy way to search and find, you know, search April 2nd and it pops right up. Yeah. All my correspondence is kind of archived rather than being mixed up with all the other things that we get. So I found that really helpful and a great way to manage it. Um, he has since remarried and that adds another dynamic to it because I'm now dealing with um, his wife as well, but just logistically. Right. And again, that's a great way. She, she can contact me there. That's, she knows where to find me. And I check that email sometimes once a day, sometimes once a week. Uh, it just depends on kind of what's going on. You know what I'm hearing in that is just the creativity, right? Like it's you kind of were willing to give up 
the idea of what it's supposed to look like and how it's all supposed to happen and how you're supposed to be. And instead you got creative and really took care of yourself and figured out a way that you could do this with self-preservation, self-love, and yet still being an effective parent. (laughs) And I think that's brilliant. Thank you. I, it, again, it was a journey. And um, my, I will say I, I also remarried and, and my husband, my current husband was also divorced and had been divorced a lot longer than I had when he remarried. And he, he was very helpful in helping um, me navigate and find solutions that were, you know, not only taking care of me, but of our relationship. I mean, there's nothing worse when you're out on a date and you get a terrible email from your ex-husband. It could kind of ruin right. everything. Right, <laughs> so, right. Well, that's the perfect segue into dating with kids. So (laughs) I know there's a lot of us out there who are single with children. And I hear a lot, you know, well, I don't have time. I don't know how to to date with children. Um, I'm just going to wait until my my child is out of the house. Um, So any tips or kind of how do you navigate that? So... You know, I started dating kind of out of boredom. I got to be honest. You know, when my kids were gone and I had kind of this freedom to do whatever I wanted to do, I was like, okay, well, let's go on dates. And I was like in the best shape of my life, which I noticed a lot of women after their divorce, you know, either they their appetites go down a lot or they, they just rediscover themselves through exercise or kind of, you know, get the new haircut and kind of try to find themselves again. Yeah. Um, I think that was part of it for me. It wasn't so much like I want to find the perfect guy for me because, you know, I'm divorced. It was more like, hey, like, I, I'm, I've got some time. I'm in good shape. I'm still in my 30s. Like, let's try to find. And so it was kind of that and not taking it too seriously. Um, so I did date a lot. Um, and it, it, oh, obviously when the kids were with their dad, that was sort of like, I was online dating at the time. And sometimes I would line up where I'd meet three or four new people. Right. Right. By nature, I'm kind of a very social person. So it was pretty easy for me. I, I do hear a lot that it's sometimes hard to get out there and do it. It's a numbers game. The people that I know that have found their their spouses online, like like I did, I've met we met on Match. You kind of get to a point where like this is what I want in life, and if this person doesn't have it, then on to the next person. Right. And I mean, I probably went on over a hundred dates. I I don't even know. It was a lot, um, but only when my kids were gone, and it was over a course of time where um, I could do that and yeah. afford to do that. I think everyone has their own way and own timeline of, of when to do it. I've had friends of mine that have been divorced for uh, several years and they may maybe have gone on two or three dates. Uh, that, w- that was not what I wanted. I, I, I did want to find a partner. I didn't know I wanted to get remarried, but I did want to find a partner to um, help me continue you know, building my family. Um, and I was very blessed that I found someone that is a great role model for my kids, but also brought along with him his two daughters. Mm-hmm. So I you know, expanded my family, which has just been such a blessing. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I love that you said not taking it so seriously, you know, just giving yourself permission to just have fun with it. Yes. And go out on 100 dates if that's what it what it takes or, you know, go out on 50 or whatever it is, but not to not to take it so seriously each one. Yes. Because I think it gets disheartening for a lot of people when they come home and it's like, oh, here's an, you know, another another date didn't work out. And, uh, you know, you start thinking mm-hmm. about it that way. It's like, oh, just have fun with it. I love that. Mm-hmm. 
When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce, the most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. So what would you say, you know, your biggest challenges and struggles were throughout the process? Gosh, to go back to that time, uh, you know, we did something interesting that we didn't really address here and, and some people are doing it. We, we nested, which means, mm. um, we kept the family home and we would rotate out, uh, who ever had custody would stay in the house. Okay. And that was really hard. That was probably the hardest time because, I mean, without sharing like all the intimacy, you're basically the person that you just despise the most in my case and and that you're going through this terrible legal battle. You're sharing a home with them. You're sharing your bed. Your stuff is there. I mean, it's just – but then you look at it, okay, the kids are comfortable. The kids are not going back and forth during this thing. They're they're staying at home. The transition is at, at a place that they're familiar with and they were so little. But that was really, really hard. Yeah. So do you see each other? You don't see each other or you do? We, we would minimize seeing each other um, because uh, we would the transition would always happen at school pickup okay. or school drop-off. But, you know, obviously they're like, I would come home and like the house would be a disaster or there, they, we'd be all out of milk or, you know, the sheets weren't taken off the bed and we had like rules that you had to follow. Right. And, but like, there's no one there to enforce them. It's just whether or not you decide to do them. And then there's always the, I just didn't like that when I was home with the kids, like he had a key to the house and in the beginning he would just show up and, you know, cause there's no reason to stop him from doing that. Yeah. Um, and so that, that was really hard. That was really hard. And, and then I would say secondly, the financially, I mean, I was, I was done. I was depleted. I mean, towards the end, I mean, I was over a hundred thousand dollars in on a divorce that was, you know, we're not like a high asset family, (laughs) you know, um, you know, to spend my savings, I I took out a loan for 50,000 and I spent my, my, my $50,000 on, on the divorce. So that was really a low point. And it's amazing because I didn't realize when I started my new job and I started sort of like building my, my money back up when it was behind me, I was like, God, how the hell did I get through it? And to go back to what we, what I like to tell people that are right in the middle of it. And maybe you experience this too, Jennifer, if you're in the middle of it, you never ever think it's going to end. You're yeah. just like, how am I going to get to that next step? And you just, you, you cannot see it, whether you're in a legal lock jam or something's going on with the kids or whatever. And then all of a sudden it, it does resolve itself. It does come together, but you just got to keep on holding tight because the light at the end of the tunnel does show up. Yeah. And do you think it helps to look big picture or because I know like that dwindling bank account, I mean, that is one of the scariest things to face when you're constantly paying out money that you don't have. Yes. And I know for me, I had to come to a point where I just kind of gave it up to the universe, you know, just kind of 
this is what has to be done right now. I don't have control over it. And I need to, at some point, just stop trying to hold on so tight. I'm so glad that you said that because we ended up um, going through mediation at the very end with my attorney, his attorney, and an attorney mediating it, which was not a cheap thing. I, I had a, I brought a friend with me because it was just so stressful. And in the middle of it, I like I just started throwing up. I went to the bathroom. I was just, I was just sick to my stomach. I was just like it was like the third day of mediating, and I looked at my friend. I'm like I I, I just can't do it anymore. Like I don't care. I don't care. Like take the dog, take the china, take the all. I don't even remember some of the things that we were going back and forth about. I'm like I, I don't have it in me anymore. I, I'm done. I just I don't care anymore. Yeah. And I remember my parents being very upset with me because I thought that I had kind of, I had this new job waiting for me, which just changed everything in my life. And I remember my parents being so disappointed in me. Like, why didn't you go after that? Why did you give up? Like, you need to fight. You need to fight. And you're right. I think, you, I think there is a point where you just got to say, who cares? Right. Take the stupid China go buy new China if you want to. But you get so caught up in the battle of it. Um, that you do get caught up in this minutia that just at the end of the day, you do, you do have to get to a point and then giving up is like the wrong word. Maybe we need to come up with a, a better word. Yeah. Um, maybe it's taking care of yourself or just keeping your eye on the ball that like whatever your next step is, whether you wanted the divorce or didn't want the divorce, it's time to move on. And the sooner you can wrap all this stuff up, the better you're going to be. Yeah. Maybe it's something like letting, it's time to let go of your past and choose your future, you know, choose yourself, yeah. choose your future. And I don't know if this has been your experience, you know, once that paper was signed, was that a huge shift for you? I mean, just that literal signing of the paper and it just being over, it's like kind of then what? Yeah, it, it was. Um, I cried a lot. So it came out of nowhere. I don't know if it was relief or anger or hurt or whatever it was, but, um, yes, it was a huge, a huge relief. And, you know, I was in a unique position cause I was starting a new job. It was summertime in Washington. I just felt like, God, I could rule the world. I was broke, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, that, that this, this thing that had been hanging over my head for the last 12 months and he had, you know, moved out of it, that this was the official end of the nesting. So I got the house back and my kids into a routine. I had vacation plans. So it was just like, I kind of felt like I could grab the world and just shake it. Cause it was, I was finally like back. Yeah. So there is that, but I, I, that has not been the experience for everybody. Um, I have a friend that went through it and it, the, the divorce wasn't her idea. And it was just, she's had a really hard time. She's still mourning her marriage and the way her life was. Right. So I know that's not for everybody. So yeah. I, I, it's hard to say there's one, one thing, but for me, th- that's what it was. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the process is different for everybody and really just allowing yourself the space to mourn and grieve and whatever, way you need to. Yeah. Because that, that does unfold differently for everybody. So would you say your life turned out differently than you had originally thought it would post-divorce? Definitely. I definitely, you know, just looking at, at my husband um, today, my current husband, my love, the, the person I was meant to be with, I never thought I would be in a marriage that I always kind of read about, whether it was fairy tale or not. You know, I truly feel like I have such a, a wonderful companion in life. And if I look back in my marriage, I never really felt like I had a companion in life. I felt like I had a husband and we were supposed to have children and we were supposed to work. We were supposed to build our little life in D.C. and, and be all the things. And I truly feel like I have a, a wonderful partner in life. So that's kind of changed 
everything. My 401k and my retirement fund is not as big as, right. as <laughs> it would have been. Um, I probably would be in a little bit of a stronger financial position today had I not gotten divorced. But I, there's no way that, that the happiness and the um, realization of what family means as far as, you know, it means friends, it means different holidays, it means it kind of all gelled together. I never thought that, you know, and instead of spending Christmas in my house with a big Christmas tree and presents under the tree, maybe I'm in the Bahamas or maybe I'm in Las Vegas with my best friends celebrating. Right. I mean, so it's it's had all these little surprises. And I mean, almost every day, it, there's something I'm like, wow, this this is the life that I'm living. I don't know if I had stayed in my marriage, which was pretty unhappy, would have been the same experience. No, I'm not living the life I thought I would when I was 15 years old, dreaming of ruling the world, but um, I'm happier than I've ever been for whatever it's worth. Yeah. Well, and even with your, your show, I mean, just, yes. you know, what you're doing today in your life and really just expanding. It sounds like, you know, you just expanded and keep expanding. Yeah. I The one thing I wish I, and I've always, and, and maybe I'll just put it out in the universe and, and uh, Jennifer, I don't know a lot about your, your story, but I wish that there was some sort of nonprofit. And I know there's smaller ones here and there that can help women financially and mentally and legally get through a tough divorce. I, I just, I, I see so many women just be destroyed by this and it just, they don't have that happy ending. Yeah. And I, I certainly know it exists there for physical abuse, which is awesome. And I totally support those and getting women out of very unsafe situations. Not that there's the same effect, but there is an effect that is happening to, to women, um, whether it's verbal abuse, mental abuse, financially just being destroyed by their husbands that lawyer up or hide their money or do whatever. Um, it, it makes me so sad. And I wish that I could like just reach out and like give them like, you know, here's 50 grand. This is going to help you get out of it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I wish there were something like that. And I wish I had the fun, funds to go do that or because it is kind of hard to articulate because it seems on the surface, if you would have told me this when I was married, very vapid and like, you're gonna have women that are getting divorced. But I've seen too many people be just so devastated by the series of events that goes around divorce. Yeah, I mean, I've I have too. And I was shocked when I started to hear the stories of women who couldn't access what they thought was their money, their shared money, yes. not even to buy food for their children. You know, I had mm -hmm. one woman letting me know that she was waiting in line for food stamps because she couldn't access her bank account. And it's horrifying. So yeah, I mean, I will hold that intention and put that out into the universe with you, you know, <laughs> creating some sort of way to support and, and be helpful to women in that situation. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. So we're coming to the end here, which I feel like it flew by. <laughs> um, yes. I mean, I feel like we just started talking. I guess, you know, the last question I would ask is, gosh, I have so many questions for you. But I guess the last question I'd ask is, and it's because I love to ask people who have survived and gone through this and come out the other side. And because we look at it from a different angle now and from the angle that you're sitting in your own words, what's possible? You know, what's possible on the other side? You know, I would open yourself up to 
new relationships. Not I'm not talking about sexual or intimate relationships. I'm talking about connecting with people. This is a new stage in your life. Mm. Um, and connecting with people maybe that you didn't think you would connect with, whether it's a neighbor that you've never talked to or someone in your yoga class that you see all the time or just kind of opening yourself up to the other possibilities and, and, and scaring yourself a little bit, doing mm. something that you didn't think you could do is an amazing thing. And especially if you're in your thirties and forties, you kind of know yourself now you, you've been through this terrible event. You kind of know um, what you're capable of. So, so test it. And you do have this set of knowledge that you didn't have when you first got married in the twenties. So use it. Yeah. It's like allow the transformation to happen, right? Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today for just having this candid conversation with me about what it's really like, you know, real talk about what happens. Well, thank you for having me. I I, I love it. And thank you, Jennifer, for doing what you do and and hearing all these stories and getting the word out there. That's really important to do. Oh, yeah. Actually, I love it. (laughs) So I'm very grateful. How can um, anyone listening find you? Okay, so we I'm broadcast every morning on a app. Um, it is called The Tommy Show. If you search it in Apple stores or Google Play, it is available there. Our website is tommyshow.com with all the details and more about me. Or if you want to reach out to me, I'd love talking to others that are going through uh, their journey. I would love to hear success stories, sad stories, all those things. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you. So email us at podcast at worthy.com with any questions or ideas that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you.